girl. Welcome to the Empower Her podcast, where we are all about taking purpose-driven action toward building lives we really freaking love. My name's Keisha, and I'm an entrepreneur obsessed with giving you actual tools to help take you from where you are now to where you want to go in your life, career, and relationships. And this podcast is all about real talk and having some fun as we share incredible stories, tips, and tricks to help us get out of our own way and unapologetically make some moves. So girlfriend, let's do the damn thing. Buckle on up, girl. I'm so excited that you're here for today's episode because this is super juicy. So many of you have told me that you want to focus on building deeper connection in your relationships. So today we're talking about intimacy and real hard, raw conversations with your significant other. And we're also talking about sex. And the perfect duo to bring on the show to talk about this is Vanessa and Xander. And if you're not familiar, Vanessa is a licensed psychotherapist. She has over 20 years of experience in sex therapy. And Xander is her husband. He left his corporate job, which has nothing to do with sex therapy, to help her build this business and brand. And they're just on a mission together now to take the intimidation out of getting intimate with your significant other. Their Instagram is absolutely incredible, but you're going to love them in this episode because their dynamic is so fun. Obviously, they're a husband and wife, but also it just feels like you're talking with a couple that you'd be great friends with, and they're so open and honest and just raw and real. And they came out with a new book called Sex Talks that dives into five different conversations that will transform your love life. So that's what we talk about today. I think this episode is going to be so helpful for you if you're wanting to deepen your connection with your significant another and learn more about intimacy and having raw conversations and honestly, even having the sex that you've always wanted to have. So again, this is saucy and super juicy. I think you're going to love it. Without further ado, let's dive right in. Vanessa, Xander, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you both on. This is going to be so epic. We are very excited to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. (laughs) It's funny because like I, as soon as I came across your guys' content, obviously we've got a couple of mutual friends, but I picked up your book and as soon as I saw the cover of it, I thought of like, let's talk about sex, baby, and how good <laughs> Sex Talks is as a name of this book. And we're going to dive into all of that. But I would love, because as soon as I opened it up, I loved that the backstory of the book was like talking about a stage in your relationship that if someone found you guys on Instagram now, that's not what it was like back then. Mm -hmm. So can you kind of set up just where your relationship was at and how this, you know, became such an important topic for you guys to just really invest in pouring into your community and write books and do programs and all of these cool things that you guys do now? Where were you at then? So we met way back in 2007. <laughs> we were we were young and I think yeah, 22, we were, 23. Yeah, we were quite yeah. young and we had incredible chemistry at the beginning. Like everything mm-hmm. felt so easy, so effortless, the way you see it in movies and TV and it just felt like this crystal clear sign. This is my person. It's so easy. Like this must be it. And so we our relationship continued and we got about two years into it and started to go on that gradual decline that so Mm -hmm. many people, I think pretty much everybody in a long-term relationship, we've experienced that slowdown. Yeah. Yeah, it was really, it just felt like life started to catch up to us. We invested all this time in starting to date and getting to know each other. And then we started, you know, investing in our careers and that Mm -hmm. type of stuff. And we look up one day and it's like, 
huh, it doesn't feel so hot and heavy anymore. Yeah, we were feeling yeah. really disconnected. We couldn't really remember the last time that we'd had sex. We were starting to argue about it. So it was a very difficult time for us. And we were also on different timelines about our willingness to accept where we were. <laughs> I really wanted us to go to therapy right away. Xander didn't. So it was a challenging time for us, and it took us a good chunk of time to sort through what had come up. So it was very important to us to start the book being this vulnerable and sharing like, you know, there's actually nothing extraordinary about our story. Yeah. Most people have been through it in at least one yeah. of their relationships. But to share with people like this doesn't have to mean that something's wrong. You actually didn't find your right person. You know, the chemistry is off. Like it's just a normal thing that we all go through. Yeah. And I mean, and I think the the big lesson from our story is that it doesn't have to be like that forever. Yes. I think a lot of us get into that place and think, well, you know, I hear about this other, it seems like my friends are going through something similar. You know, I, I can just accept this for how it is. But I think when it comes to that feeling of losing the spark or feeling more like roommates rather than romantic partners, mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be that way. Yes. And that's so important because I think that it's normalized even in our culture that it's like, as you've been together, you know, my husband and I have been together for 14 years. We met in 2007, ironically as well. And it's like that it has to be that way. Like, oh, you're just going to be roommates. You're just going to accidentally grow apart. And it's like, that is, you know, played out in a lot of like societal norms and movies and TV and stuff like that. So I, I do think that while your guys' story isn't this like crazy backstory, it's very relatable to people because so many people that I, in my community that I was like, where do you feel like you're at right now in your relationships? And it, it's, I, I feel like we're roommates. Yeah. Or I feel like we've lost that spark. Like, what if this is not my person? And I, they're freaking out about it, right? And yeah, it's, so, it's so challenging for us yeah. to know, like, what it, what does this mean? Is it a sign that we're supposed to break up? But exactly what you're saying, it is very normalized that, yeah, relationships just get boring, the old ball and chain. That just is yeah. how it is. <laughs> and a lot of us feel like simultaneously we're freaked out and like, it shouldn't be this way, right? But then also feeling like, well, maybe this just is how it is. Yeah. So why do you guys think that talking about sex is so difficult or awkward for people? And like, how does someone listening into this episode that's like, I don't even talk with my significant other about sex. Like, let's start with that demographic that's listening in. Where do they even start? And can you just kind of explain to them how often this comes up in your community? Because I'm sure there are some women that right now are like, is something wrong with me that I feel so awkward? But it's like, no, you're, you're probably like part of the huge majority of people that feel uncomfortable about this at first. It's so difficult for us to talk about sex because we just don't see any examples of it. I mean, you think back mm -hmm. to every sex scene that you've seen on TV, in the movies, you never see characters talking to each other about the sex that they're having. You just see this sex that looks so effortless and perfect. And it leaves us with this idea that, yeah, that's what it's like. If the chemistry is right. If this is my person, we shouldn't have to talk about it. We get this idea that talking about it is something bad. It's a sign that something is wrong. And you can also think back to your first experiences talking about sex. It was probably a very awkward the talk with your parents, or maybe even <laughs> you didn't have a talk with your parents, but you knew that maybe you were supposed to because everybody else talks about it. And the reason why it's awkward or the reason why your parents don't even do it is because they feel awkward about it. They don't feel mm -hmm. very comfortable talking about sex with each other. And they certainly don't 
with you. And, you know, when we're younger, we're really good at picking up on this stuff. We know that there's awkwardness. We know that there's shame and embarrassment behind it. And so we take that with us into our future relationships. So if you're it's somebody so who's true. yeah who's never really talked about sex in your relationship, it is very, very common. We've worked with so many couples who have said, you know, and it's regardless of the length of time they've been together. People have been together mm-hmm. less than a year. People have been together for decades. So many people never have a productive, open conversation about sex. So I know in the book, you guys give so many questions and like framework and things for people to discuss, but can you just give the listeners like, what would a conversation like this even look like? Like, where does someone even start? <laughs> like, what do they say? If you were Break it down. really nervous about this, don't worry. We knew <laughs> when we wrote this book, people are going to be feeling embarrassed and awkward yeah. and we wanted to ease you into it. So we're not starting off with like time to confess your wildest fantasy to your partner. We're starting <laughs> off easy. <laughs> so the first conversation of the five that we lay out in the book is called acknowledgement. And the idea there is just getting comfortable with sex as a topic of conversation. So we don't want you trying to solve any problems, make any requests of your partner, criticize your partner in any way. All that we're doing is getting comfortable with it as a topic of conversation. So here's a very practical Mm -hmm. thing that somebody listening could do today. Think about one of your favorite sexual memories with your partner and then share that with them today. So you can do it face-to-face if you're feeling brave. If you're feeling nervous, do it over text. But all the message needs to be is just, I thought about that time that we went on that trip together and that thing that we did in the hotel. And it was really fun just reminiscing about this great memory that we had. That's it. That's all you have to do. But it's a very powerful way of starting to create a foundation of positive experiences. So you don't want those initial conversations to be heavy or scary or overwhelming. It's literally just, yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. (laughs) I do also want to clarify, though, I think a lot of people when they think of, okay, you want me to have these five conversations about sex, they're imagining at least a couple of them are serious conversations, like, Mm -hmm. like, we need to talk type of situations. Yeah. All of us a panic attack, right? Is there like any worse thing? There's nothing nothing worse than hearing those few (laughs) words, right? And I just want to be Mm -hmm. really clear that none of the conversations that we suggest having start like that. We we ease you into all of them. We try to make them as fun as possible Mm -hmm. and and as straightforward as possible. And we give a lot of frameworks and options so that it doesn't feel like a big open-ended thing. Like it, you know, it's okay, let's let's talk about this list of things. What do we like the most? Or things like that to make it really easy and fun and not feel like this big intimidating conversation. That's why I like your guys' style and even your Instagram and stuff. Cause like my husband and I are going to start the process of trying intentionally to make a baby. And I was telling him, I was like, it has to be like weird and random. Like it can't just be like calculated. I don't want to like look at these strips and it's like, now we have to have sex right at this time. Like we need to like just have these like crazy shenanigans. And I'm reading this book and I'm like, you can make this fun too. Cause people do have this story that they're telling themselves to your point of what you just said, Xander, of like, it's serious of like, we have to have this talk and it's going to be intense and everyone's going to be standoffish and it's going to hurt our relationship. Mm -hmm. It's like the intention is this is going to make it better for both of you, not just your sex better, but your connection. Mm -hmm. And I want to go there because I think there's a really important message that you guys have around this idea of like, mismatched sex drive or this conversation around like my husband doesn't want to have sex with me or my wife doesn't want to have sex with me. 
where does that actually come from? Because that was a common response that I got from people too, of like them feeling embarrassed, like something was wrong with them if their husband didn't want to have sex with them or vice versa. Right. Mm -hmm. So let's, Let's talk about that. <laughs> and that's very common. Mismatched libidos is the number one problem that people report having in their sex lives. So there are a lot of different dynamics that can feed into feeling like you guys are on different pages. One of the most interesting ones that a lot of people don't realize is that there's a big connection between our enjoyment of sex and our desire for sex. So mm. oftentimes what we discover is that it's not an issue of mismatched libidos. It's that there's an issue of mismatched enjoyment of sex because the way that you see sex scenes on TV and in the movies, you're going to hear me talk about this a million times. Yeah. But when we see men and women having sex with each other, that's a very male pleasure centric way of having sex. And mm. so a lot of women are having sex and they tell us, I don't really feel very much sensation. I don't feel very much pleasure. I rarely orgasm or I never orgasm. And we like to turn it around and ask them, okay, well, if this is not an enjoyable experience for you, if it feels like it's more about your partner than it is for you, why would you be craving it? That doesn't make any sense to crave yeah. an unenjoyable experience. So that can be a great starting point for a lot of people is how much pleasure am I actually getting out of sex? And the reality yeah. is it's not like we're suggesting you have wildly different sex. There, there, there's some small some simple tweaks. Yeah, there's some simple, <laughs> some very simple tweaks that you can make to make things so much better for both parties. It's just that you can't really make those tweaks without a discussion about it, without any acknowledgement that oh, it's, you know, something isn't quite working as well as we'd like it to for one of one of the people in this partnership. And so we have to make a couple changes. But we we got your back. We we ease you into that. <laughs> and we we show you some really fun ways to have those types of yeah, conversations. That's, that's conversation for pleasure. <laughs> okay, let's go to I'm going a little out of order here. But like, let's go to conversation two actually, because I just like jumped to four because I feel like a lot of people were asking a lot of that oh, yeah. question. So let's go to two. Explain conversation two. Conversation two is called connection. What do we need to feel close to each other? So a lot of us in long-term relationships, we get to this point where we start to feel more like roommates than mm -hmm. romantic partners. We feel like we're just kind of sharing the same space, like that spark between us is gone. And so many of us want to feel emotional connection before we feel open to physical connection. Like if you've ever gotten to the end of the night, you're climbing into bed and you're kind of looking over at your partner like, Ugh, who are you? <laughs> like, we haven't had any contact all day long. <laughs> you know, I feel like kind of strangers to each other. So yeah. starting at that point, jumping to physical intimacy can feel like a really huge jump for a lot of people. So we wanted this mm -hmm. conversation to focus on what are simple, practical ways that couples can feel connected to each other throughout the day, feel close to each other so that intimacy doesn't feel like this huge, awkward leap. Mm-hmm. So what are a couple of examples of things that people could implement right now? Because it, it is really interesting when you think about that jump where sometimes we're telling ourselves the story of like, why are we not having sex as much as we used to or whatever? But it's like, you're not even like talking to each other during the day and then you yeah. get home from work and some people are like making dinner and they're getting the kids ready and they're putting them in the bath or whatever they're doing. And then it's like, oh, I'm exhausted mm -hmm. and repeat, repeat, repeat. And then now all of a sudden they've made this decision since obviously you guys know, like as humans, we're meaning creating machines. They made this decision that their marriage is now just falling apart. But it's like, it could just go back to this like connection piece. So like, 
I love that you guys have like very tactical things that are super simple to do, but they're also really simple not to do. So uh-huh. it's like, what, what, right? Like what, um, like what would be a couple of examples of things that you think could be helpful? You know, a lot of people will say, yeah, it feels like the spark has gone out in our relationship. And we have yeah. this metaphor we use in the book about throwing logs on the fire. It's like, yeah, the spark, the fire is going to fi- fade out if you're not actively throwing logs onto it. So that chapter yeah. is all about identifying your logs. So there are a lot of different ex- different examples and options in there. But one of our favorites and one of the most powerful ones is actually gratitude. So taking moments throughout the day to just tell your partner, like, I see you, I appreciate you, and and being specific. You know, I see that you Mm -hmm. unloaded the dishwasher this morning. I really appreciate that. I love the way this shirt looks on you. You look so cute in that. Oh, thank you. I I feel so good hearing that. (laughs) That's our role play. (laughs) You know, gratitude, I think all of us know about gratitude, but it's very easy to kind of roll our eyes like, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. But gratitude has actually been found, like there's research showing that gratitude is the number one predictor of marital success. It's that powerful. And that Mm -hmm. takes me, what, three seconds to say, you look nice. I saw that you did that. I appreciate you. But it has a really powerful impact. And when it comes to connection, Mm -hmm. what we really try to drive home in that chapter is that different types of connection are going to feel good for different people. And it's kind of like the love languages, the things that make me feel the most connected to Vanessa may be different from the things that make her feel the most connected to me. So it's not just a matter of like, okay, here are 10 things that you should do to feel more connected. It's a, it comes back to the conversation. That's why, that's why, you know, the list doesn't really help unless you have the conversation to understand, oh, okay, of, you know, this of these, the of these 10 powerful. things here, are two things that are super powerful for Vanessa. And here's, here's the thing about it is that if you have different, if you have different ways that you like to feel connection, you'll often undervalue the ways that are most connecting to your partner. Cause for you, you're mm. like, well, that, that wouldn't be very meaningful to me. So when you don't talk about it, you have no idea what the ones are that are going to be so meaningful. So for Vanessa, she loves compliments and she loves it when I say, Hey babe, you're killing it at anything. Like I could say, I could say anything there. (laughs) And it took me a year or two to really build a habit of believing that that was meaningful to her. Cause for me, I was like, that just seems weird. It seems too easy. Right. But it just took a lot of practice. And I even set reminders to myself, give Vanessa a compliment. Like that's what it takes sometimes. Yeah. I love how like specific you guys are because it is true where you sometimes forget the things that aren't significant to you as an individual. Cause I mean, we're, we're individuals that are in a relationship trying to know ourselves better and trying to support our partner. And like, it's a whole thing. Right. But it's like things for me, like I'm like, I, if you take, if my husband takes out the trash, like it does nothing for me. Like, it's just like, I'm not an acts of service person, but I'm like, if you hug me often, physical touch is my thing. So like, you better hug me like all the time and just be like, Hey, what's up, babe. But once I learned that about myself also, which I think this is really powerful that you guys, you know, this book, for anyone, even single people, like it's like, you don't even have to be in a relationship, get to know yourself so that you can also stand in it and have like the confidence in who you are and what you need as an individual. So you also can communicate that, you know, because it's like the whole, 
Yeah. The the whole first part of the book is called All About You. And the idea Mm -hmm. there is that you're building a user manual. (laughs) So if you've ever wished, like, I wish that I just, you know, or your partner is like, I wish you came with a user manual. (laughs) Like, I just wish (laughs) I understood better. Like, that's what you build in that first section, which is really fun. So it's you getting to understand yourself better and really identifying what are the needle movers for you? What are the things that are going to, you know, the smallest impact with the biggest difference? We're all about bang for the for your buck here. Um, so you'll understand yourself better and then be able to share more of that with your partner in the conversations. Love that. Do you guys feel as if there's people that like they're at a place in their, let's just use marriage as an example, in their marriage where there's like so much like digging in that has been done about this connection piece that they're to the point where they're like, I just want to throw in the towel, but some of the tactical things that they're learning can like help them repair it. And why I'm asking this is like, there are women right now that are listening into this that have made the decision in their head. Cause you know, like we make this decision of insert, my sex life is horrible or my marriage is falling apart or insert whatever, like conditional thing. And we think that it's always going to be like that. Right. And we tell ourselves that like, I, it can never get better. Like, well, what they're talking about is for people that still want to be together. Like, can you give even maybe an example that could be helpful for someone that has, was hanging on by a thread and now some of the practices or tools that they've implemented from you guys has helped a lot? Yeah. I mean, we've worked with couples who have just been on in every different stage of a relationship from people yeah. who are, you know, things are good and I want to make it better to people who are, yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm hanging on by a thread. And so we think that really the basic thing that we're looking for is just a willingness to try. Because when yeah. we make this story in our head of like, it's over, things are done, that is a way of protecting ourselves in, mm-hmm. this, in a funny kind of way. It's like, yeah, I just want to, I don't even want to hope for the possibility that things could change or be better. So it takes an immense amount of vulnerability to be able to say, you know what? I do want to work on this. I do want to hope that things could change and get better. So, you know, we have stories in the book of people who were on the brink of their relationship ending and deciding, you know what? I, uh, what? Why not? Like, why not at least just give these techniques a shot and see how it goes? What do I have to lose? I think a lot mm-hmm. of it also comes down to empathy. And I think the challenge mm-hmm. is when we don't talk mm-hmm. about this stuff, when we're really dug in to our, our separate positions and there's no communication, it's really hard to have empathy for somebody mm-hmm. else because how can you understand their point of view without the communication? I hope you're loving today's podcast. I have to pop in here real quick because I want to give a shout out to our sponsor of the podcast because the products from this company have been game changer for myself and my husband and so many of my friends that I make try this. And I think of us on this podcast like we're girlfriends, especially if you're struggling with anxiety, stress, or sleep. I really want you to check out the company called Soul CBD. I've been using their products for years, but especially when I talk about anxiety or change or entrepreneurship or loss or grief, or even just like trying to juggle all the big dreams that you have, I recognize that it's important to talk about supplements that can also help you because it's important of the mindset stuff, but why would you not give yourself some extra supplements to help? And what's really cool about Soul is their company is completely THC-free, non-toxic, organic, sustainably sourced, all the things. I want to reiterate the THC-free part because you don't feel different when you take their products. Like It doesn't change your personality. I was actually really worried about that when I tried CBD in general, but now I found that their gummies and their tinctures, 
which they have a ton of different flavors in, they just take the edge off. Like you can take them literally in the middle of the day and it just helps calm your nervous system like internally. And then they've got these game changer sleepy gummies. They've got a little bit of melatonin in them. I don't take them every single night, but like if you need to sleep well or you've been struggling with sleep and you want to sleep soundly and you want to fall asleep quickly and still wake up feeling refreshed, you have to try these sleepy gummies. So again, like the droppers and the gummies, the regular gummies, you can use those during the day. The sleepy gummies, if you really need to sleep, try them at night and change your whole damn life. Like seriously, I love hearing from those of you that try the Soul CBD products and you DM me or you text me. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. They've got bath bombs. They've got topical cream. They got stuff for your dog. Literally, it's incredible. I use so many of their products. So I want you to try it. If you are struggling with any of the things I just mentioned, head over to mysoulcbd.com slash Keisha, K-A-C-I-A, and use code Keisha to get an epic discount on any of their products. And again, if you have questions, you know where to find me, but check them out. Honestly, I'm so grateful for their support of the show. And I just love these products and I think you will too. Conversation three is desire. It's an important yeah, one. This is a very important one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What do we need to feel turned on, to feel excited about being intimate? And this is another one where so many people feel confused about how easy this used to feel at the beginning of a relationship and how tricky it can feel when you're in a long-term relationship and especially around getting sex started. I mean, you know, if you think about if you're in a long-term relationship, ask yourself, how was sex initiated the last few times that we had it. It was probably something like, well, it's been a while. We should probably do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. It becomes, it's really unexciting. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel like a, you know, oh God, it feels like more of an obligation rather than something that we get actually excited about. Yeah. So, okay, let, let's dig into that more. Like desire in general, like the overarching theme of this, like how does someone even figure out like how, like what they do desire? Like, let's talk about that. So that's in the first part of the book, understanding more about yourself. And a lot of people, we get really in our heads about this idea of like, what is it that I desire? And we start thinking it has to be something like a really elaborate fantasy or something wildly kinky. But we like to break it down and say, no, your desires can be as simple as I like really slow, deep kissing. I mm. like when my partner lightly scratches my back. Like those things count too. So we have lists in the book. If you're really feeling like, I just don't even know where to start. We have a list <laughs> that you can look at and say like, yeah, okay, I'm into that. I'm into that. But if you lower that bar for yourself and realize like any little thing counts, that starts to open things up and help you realize like, oh, okay, yeah, I can get a better sense of what I like. Mm hmm. So what do you feel like stops people from even like saying what it is that they desire to their significant other? Like, what are the main blocks that you guys hear? In male female relationships, one of the main ones is I'm afraid of hurting his feelings. If I mm. say something that I want or that I need that's different from what we're doing, I might hurt his fragile male ego. <laughs> <laughs> and I think on the flip side, what comes up for a lot of men when it comes to trying new things or fantasies is a fear of suggesting something that he doesn't 
already know he's going to be good at or he doesn't already know he's going to enjoy. Because Mm -hmm. the way that men are socialized when it comes to sex is that, you know, we are taught from a young age that we're supposed to know exactly what we're doing, regardless of how much experience you have. You know, you want to project to your guy friends like, oh, yeah, I, I know what I'm doing. You know, I'm good at having sex. I have a lot of sex. Like there's, there's all these, you know, ideas that are perpetuated. And so when we do get into a more committed or long-term relationship, you know, we tend to create this whole story inside where it's like, Hey, I'm good at sex with my partner. We do it in this certain way. I'm, I'm in charge of it. I'm the leader when it comes to sex. And so when it comes to trying new things, that can often be very confronting because it's like, wait, I've never done this before, or I'm curious about this, but I'm not sure I'm really going to like it. If I suggest it, it's, you know, I might be exposed as not knowing what I'm doing. And that can be a scary thing. Now, the problem is most men aren't able to think that through and be able to describe, oh, okay, it's fear that's coming up for me. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes what will end up happening is, is the man will kind of like belittle their partner. Like, oh no, like that's ridiculous. I don't want to try that. Or they'll just kind of freeze up and be like, oh no, no, I, I just want to do what we usually do. So, you know, understanding that I think can help partners have a little more empathy for each other. Mm-hmm. How often does the body image from like a female perspective, does the body image conversation come up with sex? And can we talk about that a little bit? Oh, so often. It's one of the biggest blockages that comes up for women. You know, Xander just started talking about some of the crappy socialization that men receive around sex. Mm -hmm. Women get an awful lot of crappy socialization around it too. You know, I remember growing up and always seeing, you know, the women's magazines, like positions to hide your belly bulge and stuff like that. So, you know, we get very self-conscious of, I don't want my boobs to be spreading into my armpits when I'm laying on my back. I don't want to be in a position where I might be hunched over and maybe my belly rolls are showing. And so, you know, it's like this overarching anxiety that we have can really get in the way of us enjoying intimacy. And then even just from a moment to moment basis, like how self-conscious we are thinking about, oh, I can't get in that position. Oh, I don't want him to see me like that. Oh, we got to turn the lights off. Like it can just destroy your sex life. Yeah. What helps with that? talking about it. So this has been one of the most powerful conversations that Xander and I have had personally in our relationship, even with all the work that I've done on, you know, I I feel like I'm a confident person. This is my job. (laughs) I've had a lot of experience and still I will catch myself because of that socialization. It gets in early, Mm -hmm. it gets in deep. I'll catch myself in the moment like, oh God, my boobs must look really weird in this position or like, you know, I don't look attractive in this way. And so being able to share those fears and anxieties with Xander has been really illuminating. And we've actually done a lot of this on Instagram. Actually, Mm -hmm. just last night in our stories, we were talking about your boobs going into your armpits when you're on your back. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, I I have wide set boobs. They definitely go in there. I've thought about that. And so I was asking him about about it I have thought about that too. I was like, are my boobs too far apart? I'm like, why? That thought has come into my head. And then I was like, where is that coming from? Because, like, it's not, like, a conscious thought you're trying to think. You're like, did I – was I told that story, like, just in my brain, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All those magazines, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, it it makes us feel so conscious of that. And so we were talking about this in stories yesterday, and he's like, why would your boobs not – like, it's just gravity. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, no, they're – you know – our boobs are supposed to be perky. That's what we always see. That's the expectation that we have of ourselves. And he's like, 
why would my soft penis not be <laughs> popping up into the air? Like it's gravity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just being able to air that for me to bring those anxieties out to the light of day and say, this is something that I think about during sex and hear him say, that is not anything I have ever thought of during sex. Yeah. It's been really healing for me. And I think also when it comes to fears or anxieties, when you keep them inside, they have a lot more power over mm. you. Or, you know, maybe if, you know, maybe if you're only chatting about them with your girlfriends, it's kind of an echo chamber where like everyone yeah. is, is in agreement so about true. it. So it ends mm -hmm. up feeling worse. But it's, you know, it's often when we are able to to voice that anxiety or that fear to to the person, you know, that is most important to us, you might even notice as you're saying it, it doesn't sound as big as it felt inside mm. of you. And I mean, that, that that's part of processing emotions is being able to talk about them. And by verbalizing them, they can lose a lot of their power. But I, that's why it's so important to be able to talk about it. Because yeah, very often, you'll just be like, Huh, okay, now that I've shared that, it actually it felt way bigger inside. And my partner is probably going to give me some validation of like, huh, I've never noticed that. I've it's never something I've, I think about. I've never <laughs> thought about that. And so those two things together, I think, are two of the best ways to start, you know, breaking down some of those anxieties. Well, and it it's like for anyone listening into this, you can hear even just like the there is a playful nature to it if you let there be. Like I was watching your guys' Instagram and you were doing like the thing. I'm like laughing thinking about how funny it was. You guys were doing the thing of like trying to do it like a sex position. And Sandra, you were like, my penis doesn't have a downward erection. And I was like, I literally was like laughing by myself and I showed it to my husband because I was like crying. I was laughing so hard because it's like – it's one of those things where like this can be lighter and fun. And I think that's like a theme of like, yes, of course, your book and your content, but also just like anyone can take this from this conversation is like, yes, there's some real depth and there's some real fears that people have and, you know, resentment, like things that we need to work through and stuff like that. But it's like, this can actually be so fun. Like, can you imagine, a, you know, for anyone listening into this, can you imagine a situation where you're having so much fun in your sex life? Like that's possible. You guys are talking about it all the time, yeah. right? I, I think we have this tendency to get way too serious about sex. Yeah. And exactly like you're saying, yes, there is a lot of stuff that goes into it and there are serious aspects of it. But for us, some of the most fun times we've had together are when we're being playful and goofy. Mm. And it just also takes the performance anxiety and pressure off of things too. If it feels like we're just playing with mm -hmm. each other, yeah. it's also a great way for us to keep that that spark mm -hmm. going throughout the day. Like if we feel flirty with each mm -hmm. other, we're joking with each other, we're making bets and betting oral sex as the prize with each other. Like it just <laughs> yeah. keeps that passion alive between the two of us. But if we can all take that pressure down on ourselves of sex needing to be so serious, there's a lot of joy and fun to be had in it. Yeah. When we take it too seriously, I mean, we are just raising the stakes mm -hmm. on yes. ourselves. We're kind of creating we're creating our own problems, so to speak. Yeah. It's the performance anxiety piece that you just mentioned. Vanessa, like, it's like, okay, now, now we're doing this. It's like this, like, like this whole performance of like, now it has to be, you know, go in this order and has to go this way. And it's like, what if it was just more fun? Like, what if you just asked yourself that question? How could this be more fun? You know? 
Yeah, we have a rule in the book. We call it our first pancake rule. So <laughs> I don't know if you know when you're making pancakes, the first one, it just always turns out weird. You're like, yeah, I don't understand always. why the first pancake's always weird, but it's just <laughs> a little weird out. So we say, can you let that same energy apply to your sex life so that the first time you try anything new, you can even call it like, this is just going to be our weird little first pancake. We're going to see how this goes, but we're not putting pressure on ourselves that the very first time we try something new in the bedroom, it should automatically be amazing and perfect. Mm -hmm. And for anyone that is struggling with the language to bring something up like this, like what's what's a way that someone could bring up like, oh, I want to try this insert random thing that I want to try. How, how could they bring that up to their significant other? If there's because I've I've noticed that there are some women in my community that they're really just struggling with like, okay, I I feel like I just want our sex life to be better, but I don't know exactly how. Like, not that they don't know how to try something new, or maybe they have an idea, but they just feel so uncomfortable about saying like everything's good, but I want to try this too. So, what mm-hmm. what's some language around that that could be helpful? So now we are getting into conversation five, which is exploration. (laughs) What should we try next? So we've all heard the advice to keep it spicy, try new things in the bedroom, but a lot of us get very self-conscious about what do we try and how do we try it? It's very anxiety inducing, like trying to come up with new ideas. So we we have a funny comparison, I think in the book of like, it would sort of be like going into a restaurant and the chef comes up to you and says, okay, tell me what you want. You have 10 seconds to order. You're not allowed to look at the menu. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, oh, <laughs> you a menu and you see, oh, okay, this sounds good to me. I, I want this. Take some time so, to yeah. think about it before you order. <laughs> so we have a menu. We have multiple menus within the book of all kinds of new things that you could try together with your partner. So you can each go through the exercise. And that can also be really helpful because it doesn't feel like I have to go to Xander and say, okay, um, we need to try this new thing. It's like, oh, hey, let's just do this exercise that's in the book. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of stuff in the book where it's like, yeah, just blame it on the book. We have to do the exercise. It's in there. Um, So that's a great way to open up the conversation to not make it feel like this high pressure, a high intensity ask. It's like, well, I just was going through the menu and these things sounded good. Another thing that we always like to suggest is a super simple word swap that can really change things Mm -hmm. for people. And that's instead of saying like, I want to try or like, I want to try this. You say, I'm curious about blank because a lot of people think, okay, if, if I'm suggesting that we try this, that I, there's this implicit guarantee that I'm going to like it or that it's going to go perfectly. Mm. But if you can just say, Hey, I'm curious about this. Like, are you curious about this? That takes a lot of the pressure off. It feels like a lower bar. We have yeah. another food comparison for this one. We have a lot of food comparisons. <laughs> but it's like when you're at a restaurant and you're ordering the chicken salad, you are not telling the waiter, I guarantee you, I am going to love this chicken salad. I would mm. not have ordered it if I couldn't promise you that I was going to devour it and enjoy every second. Oh, yeah, no. I'm going to eat the <laughs> like, whole thing. Yeah. You're like, I'm curious about trying the chicken salad. I don't know how it's going to go, kind of mm-hmm. depending on how things go in the kitchen. <laughs> I have a good enough sense that I'm going to like it that I I want to try it. So we encourage you to think about your sexual interests and curiosities in the same way. I'm not guaranteeing that I'm going to like it, but I'm curious enough to give it a shot. Yeah. It it's just it, the pressure has to be taken off and that's I feel like what you guys are doing in this whole 
book all the way through. But the other thing is like, you know, Vanessa, you come from a therapy, like I would love to talk a little bit about your guys' background and kind of how you came to the decision to write this book too and to do this together. So I wrote a book called Sex Talks and the reason I am a sex therapist is because of my, the talk, my sex talk with my parents. I remember in that moment just how awkward, embarrassing, uncomfortable it felt. And I really felt at the time like I wanted to talk about sex. I was hearing things on the playground. I had questions that I wanted to ask. And I was so struck in that moment of this, this sense of my parents are embarrassed. I'm not supposed to say anything. We're not supposed to talk about it. So I, a couple of years later, decided, you know what? I think I want to spend my life helping people get more comfortable talking about sex. So I originally started this business as a psychotherapist, working one-on-one with clients, and very quickly started creating online courses because I realized this is such a sensitive subject and people like the privacy and convenience of being able to do courses and guides in their own home. So right when I started building up the online aspect of the business was when Xander who previously would never have anticipated yeah. he would be here. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, I never imagined I'd have anything to do with this. I was always cheering Vanessa on you yeah. know, to, to be the best that she could be in her world. Um, I, <laughs> I, I used to work- That word um, again. He knows how to just like insert it in, right? Like you're, he's cheering you on, Vanessa. <laughs> he's the best I, I could be. Wow, I've never heard you say that before. <laughs> yeah. I love it. All right. You know, I, I, just, I just wanted you to be killing it at psychotherapy. Uh, but yeah, so my experience in the past was I used to work in HR consulting. Um, I worked at Google for a couple of years and I was feeling kind of burnt out on the corporate tech career. And I was looking for a change and Vanessa was starting to grow her business. Um, I ended up quitting my job. We moved to Europe and I started helping her out doing some smaller projects like marketing and operational stuff, just kind of getting more of the online business set up and automated and slowly kind of worked my way into being the COO of the business. And I just thought, great, like this is a great partnership. She's the expert. She, you know, faces the camera, she does the content and (laughs) I do the business stuff, right? So we kept growing and we needed more help. So we started hiring a team and Vanessa kept pestering me about. Pestering, that's a new word. (laughs) (laughs) I was pestering a little bit. I kept like shoving the phone in front of his face like, babe, will you do an Instagram story with me? Like, let me ask you a question. But your dynamic is so fun, you know, so it makes sense. I have this feeling. I said, you know, we're a couple. We've had our ups and downs. We've been Mm -hmm. together a long time. We know what it's like to feel the spark go out. Like, I think... Think we should talk about stuff with our community as a couple and share these more personal and vulnerable stories. Yeah. So at first I was really hesitant. I was like, well, you know, I, I have no, I don't have any experience here. I don't have a license. You know, I don't have the education, all of that. And then eventually, as I started doing a little bit here or there, I started to realize that people weren't looking for me to be a therapist. People were mm-hmm. looking for me to have the experience of being a man, of being a partner, yeah. you know, being a husband, and just talking about how we've done this ourselves. And so, yeah, now I've really leaned into that. I really enjoy that. I love helping people see that you know you don't you don't have to be an expert to be able to implement this stuff in your own life. Yeah. Well, and it just goes in line with what you even mentioned before, Xander, of like this pressure, especially for men of like, oh, I need to know how to do this. I mean, we, we all feel this, like men and women of like, oh, I, if I'm not going to do the thing, insert, start the business, 
apply to that job, do that thing until I know step one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and we get caught up in that. But it's like once you take that first step and you recognize like the story that I was telling myself before this like wasn't even true. Like I don't need to have a license to do this because I'm doing this together and I provide a different perspective. And I think that just gave somebody permission to go do the thing that they feel like they're not qualified to do yet because they are telling themselves the story that they don't have what it takes and they do. You know what I mean? So I love your guys' oh, yeah, like yeah. the way you guys do this together. And I do want to just touch on that for the small demographic that is listening into this, that they're working together, husband and wife, or wife and wife, or you know, mostly, mostly women listening to the show. So wife and wife or husband and wife or whatever. <laughs> um, how do you guys navigate that? The we work together and we have responsibilities and things that we need to get done, but we're also married to each other. What works, what doesn't work? <laughs> oh, yeah. We've had a lot of trial and error of oh, things. Yeah. I mean, it's it adds another layer of complexity yeah. to having, you know, being in a marriage. So one thing that works really well for us is that we are very comfortable spending a lot of time together. So yeah. that's something very beneficial. I would not recommend going into business with your partner if you cannot spend a lot of time because you will spend a lot with them. Yeah, if you really need a good <laughs> chunk of alone time, I would not recommend this. <laughs> so one thing that's very helpful for us is trying to be clear on when we are in business partner mode and when we are in husband and wife mode. And that's a hard thing for small business owners like us Mm -hmm. because we're so passionate about what we do. We can talk about it all day, every day. And mm-hmm. sometimes we catch ourselves being like, we didn't have a date night where we don't talk about work. So yeah. trying to be clear, sometimes we'll even say to each mm-hmm. other, like, I need to talk to my business partner right now versus I need to talk to my husband right now. Mm, and we also so try good. to set each other up for success with sharing, I would like some advice right now versus I just want to vent about something right now. Yes. So really like prefacing a lot of our communication with what our needs are before even sharing the thing that we want to share, that can help a lot. Oh yeah, because I used to always jump in to fix it mode. You know, that was yeah. the a former- very common male You know, that dynamic. was, yeah, that was, that was the, <laughs> the male socialization in me. That was the former consultant in me. Like I just want to, oh, you're telling me you have a problem. I want to fix that problem. Mm-hmm. That's where my value is. And so we got into a, yeah, a lot of arguments about that early on and eventually realized, oh, okay, when, you know, we need to specifically say, I'm looking for advice. I'm looking, I'm looking to vent. I'm looking to blow off some steam. So good. Okay. So who like who are you most excited to have read this book right now? Like fill us in, like who is it for? Because obviously it's called Sex Talks. We've mentioned it a lot, but I want to make sure everybody knows like I need to get this book if this is my situation. Who who are you guys excited to have listening or reading in? We wrote this book for anybody who has ever watched a sex scene on TV and in the movies and wondered, why does my sex life not look like that? Why Mm. do I feel so much awkwardness, so much discomfort, so much embarrassment around it? Why can't my sex life be something that's a source of joy and excitement instead? So if you've ever had that feeling of like, shouldn't there be more to it than my than this? Shouldn't my sex life be more than this book is going to be totally life-changing for you? Oh, I'm so excited for you guys. And I love that like we are referencing a ton the book because I just think that like you can't go, we would have to have like a 25 million hour podcast episode to go through all <laughs> of these questions. And it's like, for anyone that's feeling nervous about this or just wanting to take it to the next level, whatever that is in your relationship and have more connection and intimacy. It's like, I opened this up, you guys. And I was literally like, 
holy shit. Like this is the, (laughs) this is like the everything, like all of these questions, the way, the tone and the way that you guys deliver this content for people that listen into the show, they know, like, I'm a very like, woo, like energetic person. That's a little bit all over the place and wants things to be fun. Like I want to just normalize the conversation around this can be fun. And I feel like you guys do such a good job with that. So everybody needs to go get sex talks. I'm so, so honored to be connected with you guys now. Thank you so much for anyone that also wants to follow some really juicy content on Instagram. Tell them how to find you. We are over at Vanessa and Xander. We show up in stories every day, Mm -hmm. and it's another great way to help get the conversation going. You know, watch with your partner, talk to your partner about, oh, what did did they talk about today? So we have a ton of fun stuff there, and we have a a lot of great stuff in our highlights, too. The sex positions thing that you mentioned, we have a whole sex positions (laughs) highlight of us acting out very embarrassing sex (laughs) positions, and we have a lot of free guides, and all of our courses are linked in the highlights as well. Yeah, you can also find all of our stuff on our website site at vmtherapy.com. We've got a bunch of courses and guides, a lot of technique-based stuff, like actually how to do sex positions that actually work, uh-huh. <laughs> some foreplay guides, um, really awesome stuff. And then finally, I just want to make a plug. If you uh, pick up the book, you can go to our book page, sextalksbook.com. Mm-hmm. We have all the links to purchase from all the retailers there, or you can just buy your own copy and go to step two on that page, fill out a little form, and we'll send you a free workbook that will go along with the book. Oh, I love this so much. What you guys are doing is going to help so many freaking people. You already are. But I feel like, do you guys feel, I describe it on this podcast sometimes where like when you're a boiling pot of water and there's a lid on it and it just feels like stuff is about to explode even more. I feel like this book (laughs) is about to blow people's minds. So thank you so much for creating it. And thanks for coming to the show, you guys. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening in. If you love this episode, it would mean so much to me if you shared it with a girlfriend. Like, send it to her right now. Or post it on social media and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me get the message out. I am so freaking grateful to be on this journey with you, girl. So until next time, I'll talk to you soon.